Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Uh, today's message is called, out of our new creation living, it's called FOMO. FOMO. If you don't know what FOMO means, it means fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. I got this, I didn't know what the title was, and the pastor Gail said, you know what, you should call it FOMO. I was like, that is perfect, FOMO. And we're going to talk about why we go to church and why FOMO is important. Last week, uh, Pastor Lindsay did a fantastic job. and he, Amen? Yeah, give him some love. This man is a man of many talents. He's amazing. Um, but he started with the scripture, 2 Corinthians 5. If anyone, anyone is in Christ Jesus, the old has passed away. Everything has become brand new. I love that scripture. Um, also, he talked about real change is not just a behavioral change. This is from Craig Rochelle. It's a spiritual transformation. That's talk about a new creation right there. I love how he also pointed out that God made the word Abba, A-B-B-A, so easy to say a child can say it. And in other words, as a child, we're calling out to our creator, to our heavenly father. And that's, God literally makes it so easy for us to call out to him, no matter where we're at, no matter what age we are, to call out to Abba. Father, Daddy, I need you. And we are heirs to the kingdom of God. Know who you are and know who God is and have your identity grounded in him. And you know what? I would have had FOMO had I missed that message last week. Because at the end of the service, there was a powerful ministry time to these young ladies that were here and how God was moving in this house. And there's nothing like being in the house of God. In person, not just sitting on the toilet watching us online. Sorry to paint that picture. <laughs> Got to reel that one back in. Sitting on your couch, eating Doritos, watching us isn't the same as being engaged, leaning in, and feeling the presence of God in the house. I'm telling you, there's something powerful when we gather together. Um, so when it comes to church and being here, we should have FOMO of missing out saying, I've got to get to church. I don't care if my, my kid is crying in the backseat. We are going to church. I don't care if my husband and I, if this lady's talking, uh, if my husband and I talk about, uh, you know, how, uh, I don't care if my husband and I had an argument, we're going to church. Or, fellas, I don't care if my wife and I had an argument, we are going to church. Right? Because there's something powerful. Because don't you know that the enemy is going to do whatever he can to bring up all this stuff before you go to church? Because he knows there's something here for you that he doesn't want you to get. So we should have this FOMO of missing out on what God is going to do. Not just in our lives, but the lives of people sitting around you. And there's something powerful that I want to talk about today um, of why we go to church. Online, yes, is the next best thing, but it's nothing like being here in person. So what's the difference between online and in person? Online versus in person. Number one is God's presence. And before we start, let's invite God's presence in this place. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment, for this time. And I just welcome you into your house. I know that you're already here. I felt you during praise and worship. I thank you, Father, that you are here in the midst of us. Your word actually says 
where two or three are gathered in your name, you are here with us. And anything we agree on in, on this earth, it's like we're touching heaven. It's going to be done by your Father in heaven. And Lord, the miracles, the breakthroughs that people are believing for today, I thank you, God, that they see them happen. And we just thank you, Father, for your spirit in this place. We welcome you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, number one, God's presence. There are three types of presences of God. Number one is omnipresent. God is everywhere, all at once. He sees you when you're sleeping. Just kidding. That's creepy. But, but seriously, God is everywhere, all at once. Um, the Bible makes that clear. So, omnipresent. Next is inner inner presence of God. When you get saved and Jesus Christ becomes Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And you have, the, the, even Jesus talked about how the kingdom of God is within you. And that was a, a revelation when he was walking around and telling people about the kingdom of God. What does the kingdom of God look like? He talked about how the kingdom of God is within you. That's God's spirit and his presence coming alive in you. Amen? Amen. Awesome. And third is manifest presence. So number one is omni. Number two is inner. Number three is his manifest presence. This is God's main known presence that only happens when we come together. God's manifest presence only happens when we come together. Exodus 25, 8 through, uh, 8, excuse me, through 9 says this. Have the people, this is God speaking with his friend Moses. Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. You must build this tabernacle and its furnishing, furnishing excuse me, exactly according to the pattern that I will show you. The blueprint is literally directly from heaven itself. Then Exodus 25, verse 22, a few verses later, he says this. And there I will meet with you and I will talk with you. Where? In the, in the temple of God, which is the church. I'm going to meet with you and talk with you in the presence of, of the gathering together. Then fast forward. Exodus 33, uh, 3 says this. Go up to this land that flows with milk and, mon and honey. Milk and money, what? <laughs> milk and honey. But I will not travel among you. I want you to focus on that for a second. God himself... A few chapters before said, listen, Moses, take my people, lead them out. I will be with you along the way. And then something happened where God said, you know what? I'm hurt. I'm offended. And I'm not going to go with you. What was that thing? These morons built a golden calf and worshiped it. And it made God upset because this is when Moses was getting the download of the Ten Commandments to give God's people direction of how to live God's best life. And when Moses was up there, the people, the popular culture said, hey, listen, Aaron, I know Moses is your brother, but we think he's dead. He's been up there a long time, and I think it's time we do something about it. Let's build us a golden calf so we can worship it and say that is who brought us out of Israel, I mean, out of Egypt. Sounds like a good deal. Okay, let's do it. So Aaron, not thinking, did it, and it made God upset. It hurt God's feelings, in other words. God has feelings. And he was upset. He was hurt. And he was, he was disappointed. 
God loves us, but yes, he can get disappointed with us. God loves us, and yes, he will discipline us. God loves us, but we're still human, and we still mess up, and we need, thank God for Jesus and his grace, because we all fall short of the glory of God. So, G, uh, so God here is telling Moses, look, you can go to this land I promised you because I'm a man of my word, but I'm not going to go with you because you're a stiff-necked people. Any stiff-necked people in here? Better take heed. Because he says you're stubborn and rebellious and hard-headed. Then it says, because if I did, I would destroy you along the way. Because he couldn't take any more hurt from the people. He was so discouraged, so upset, because he saw where they were going. And he was so disappointed that they said, you know what? We're going to settle for less. We're going to take, God, we know what you said to us, but you know what? We're happy to just sit here and do nothing and worship this golden calf. We would rather take what the world has to offer rather than what you have to offer, God. And how sad is it that that's many people's story, that they settle for less when God's saying, I've got this for you, but you're sitting here worshiping a golden calf, putting other things before me when I have so much better for you. Yes, it's going to take some work. Yes, it's going to take you uh, taking a stand for your family, taking a stand to continue to move forward. Is it easy? No. But is it worth it? Yes, it's worth it. You got to be able to, what do they call it, like lace up your bootstraps? And you got to be able to, to, to walk through some things because God said he will be with you. And he will never leave you or forsake you. So then... When God said he wasn't going to be with him, in Exodus 33, Moses said something powerful. He says, but God, how will anybody else know that you look favorably on me and on your people if you don't go with us? Because your presence among, among us sets your people and me apart from everybody else on the entire earth. God's presence is the X factor. In your life and in my life. In this church, it's God's presence that makes the difference. So you have to understand that when you go to work tomorrow, when you go to school, when school's back in, wherever you go, God's presence with you, the kingdom of God, is the difference maker. That's why people can look at you and say, there's something about you I don't understand, but I, there's something that's attracting me to you, something inside of you. I want that. It's because people are walking around in the dark, and then you, walk, you come in with the light of Jesus Christ inside of you, and there's an illumination that happens. They wake up to what, what God knocking on the door of their heart. The Bible says one will plant, one will water, and God brings the increase. So where are you in that scenario? Are you the one to plant a seed or the one to water? We all have a, a purpose and a reason so the reason we're different than any other group, organization, anything in the entire world is simply God's presence. Verse 17 then says this, the Lord replied to Moses, I will indeed do what you have asked and I will look favorably on you and I will and I'll know you by name. In other words, I'll go with you. He goes, because you invited me in and asked me to come, even though I was upset and mad, I'm going to go with you. God was hurt. But he's waiting to be invited back in. Maybe you hurt God. Maybe you've done some things that have separated you from God. 
And he's waiting for you just to say, God, I'm sorry. I, humble, I, I, I messed up. I hurt your feelings. I know I disappointed you. You know, the, the thing that always hurt me the most growing up when, uh, when I would get in trouble is I thought it would be like a, a you know, I got spanked when I was a kid. Uh, probably more than others, if I'm honest. I had a little bit of a, never mind, I'm not going to go there. So my mom might watch this, and she's like, uh-huh. Okay, so, but, but the thing is, I thought that would hurt the most. But it was when my parents would come in and say, you know what? I'm so disappointed in you. And that just crushed me because I don't want to disappoint my parents. I, didn't want to dis- I don't want to disappoint God. Are we going to disappoint him? Sure. But then that's when we say, I'm sorry. I messed up. I need you. But God waits for us to invite him in, to ask him back in our lives. Um, what I love about church even, this is God's house. But he waits. He invites us in but waits for us to actually invite him in. Right? Because sometimes there's churches that are going on and God's just sitting outside waiting to be welcomed in. All right, number two. So number one is God's presence. Number two is God's power. So presence and power. Matthew 18 says this. I also tell you this. If two of you agree, I talked about this earlier, in symphony, or symphoneo is this word, which means where you get a symphony. Here on earth, concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. When you're in unity... In connection together, the power of God is moving within you, between you. God is literally moving on your behalf. Verse 20 says, for where two or three are gathered in, as my followers, I'm there among them. So I'm telling you, no matter what you need, no matter what you are believing for, it's found in the church. It's found within the believers, coming together, praying for one another, encouraging one another. There's nothing like having the power of God in agreement with someone else that's, I've got your back. I'm praying for you. Let's agree. I'm going to call you up right now. I'm going to call you up. We are going to see this thing through. The devil is alive. He's defeated. The Bible says that you are an overcomer and a conqueror. Don't let this take you out because I'm telling you, I am with you. And as I'm praying, I believe the enemy is leaving now in Jesus' name. There's power when you come together in agreement. We need each other. Church, we need each other. Acts 2.2 says, They were together in one accord, and the Holy Spirit filled the house. They were together in one tiny Honda Accord. I'm just kidding. They were together in one accord. In, in other words, in unity, in symphoneo, praying and believing God. And then history was made that day. History was made. Because they were together in unity. They said, Jesus said to wait for something that the Father was going to send. And you know what they did? They waited. And they waited. And they waited. And then something beautiful happened. The power of the Holy Spirit was released. And here's the thing. So many people want and they need the power of God in their life. But they don't bother to come to church. They, They complain. Man, can people complain? Can people have some issues that they let you know all about, but they don't want to know the answer to? Preach that. Come on now, Bonnie. People are sitting there talking about their mess and this situation, that situation. And you're like, hey, listen, I can. No, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Just let me go. And you're like, okay, just call me later when you're ready. 
Because I'm telling you, people can complain, but then when you begin to offer a solution, they have a choice to make. Either to stay in their mess or to pick themselves up and say, you know what? I'm tired of being sick and tired. And I'm ready to walk into what God has for me. You know, I'm going to come to church with you. I'm going to come to church with you. Let me see what God does. And I'm telling you, lives begin to change. Because they get around other people like, wait, I'm not the only one here that's going through something. What in the world? And then your faith begins to arise. Hope begins to come alive. You begin to become a new person. You become transformed, as the Bible says. I love church. Because going to church... It changes you. It changes your understanding. It changes your perspective. It gives you a whole new understanding and perspective on situations that you're going through. It offers you hope that you didn't have before. And that only comes from the people coming together, gathering together and hearing the powerful, life-changing word of, of, of the word of God preached and spoken and the worship of God moving in this place. There's nothing like church. There are many times when we're watching, reading, seeing headlines, it can come, become pretty discouraging pretty fast. And you're like, man, our world is messed up. What's going on? Why does it seem like the evil is always winning and we're losing? Why does it feel this way? And in fact, we're not the only one that have felt that. David himself, King David, the one who wrote Psalms, biggest book in the Bible, King David, the one that slayed Goliath, right? This guy, this David said this, I almost slipped because of envying those who were not serving God. Then Psalm 73, 17 says this, then I went into your house. I went into your sanctuary, oh God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. I understood it. It wasn't until I came into your presence that I got the perspective of what the end result is for those who are doing evil versus what you have for me in your house. It doesn't matter what it looks like when those seem like who aren't serving God have it all together and going on. I'm telling you, God knows their end. Because if they don't turn from their wicked ways and repent, ask Christ in their heart, we know the end result. And as people of God, we have to understand that it's in the house of God that we gain God's perspective, not your perspective, but God's perspective on the situation. That it's not just about what you see or how you see, but God literally comes into your situation. And he begins to raise your faith up higher to say, you know what? You're right, God. I know with you I can do anything. Just like in Psalms 18, it says, by you I can run against the troop. I can leap against the wall. You are my strong tower. My high. You're right, God. I'm so sorry. I didn't see it before until I came into your presence. God's manifested presence comes alive in this house. That's why church is so important. Because the enemy wants to isolate you. Wants to make you feel weird when you miss a week. When you miss two weeks. And then it becomes easier. You know what? They don't miss me. We think about you all the time. God thinks about you all the time. Even more than people. He misses you. 
And you're not going to experience God's presence on your own like you can in God's house. Plain and simple. Because people get weird when they're by themselves. Just God and I, me and God, we're going to do this, ride or die, God. It's like, that's not my plan. <laughs> but, 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 you know, you said you'd always be, yeah, I will always be with you. But don't, not when you're stupid. Because I'm pre- I made it pretty clear, and even Jesus himself said that when Peter had, had the revelation of who Jesus was, because he, 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 he said, you are Jesus. You are the son of the most high God. He goes, blessed are you, Peter. And you know what? God on this rock, Jesus saying, on this rock, me, I will build my church. I will build my church. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's what he says. So when you are a part of a church, guess what? Hell can't get us. You might have things that look dark and scary and all these things on the outside, but you're looking from the inside out saying, okay, I see what's out there, but I'm in here under the presence, the protection of God Almighty because his word says that the gates of hell should not prevail against me. Back up. Know your place because the Bible says that I'm an overcomer. And in fact, you're under my feet. I didn't wash him today. How's that smell? You got to remind the enemy of his place because he tries to come in like he's got something. But he doesn't. And that's why we need each other because sometimes you come in and you're, you're down, you're discouraged, and then someone comes alongside you when you're walking in and says, hey, how's it going? And they begin to speak life to you. That you wouldn't get anywhere else. Son, there's no place like the church. Amen? Amen. There's no place like the church. Like, I remember um, September 11th, 2001, when the buildings were hit in New York City. I was a senior in high school. I was in a leadership class. I remember them turning on the TV and seeing the, the devastation, the attacks on America. I was sitting there hearing all, the, all my friends just, we were all freaking out. Like, what's going on? This is crazy. You've never seen anything like this in our lifetime. And as we're sitting there, <clears throat> going back and forth and going through the day, trying to, we're all trying to make sense of, of, of this. And in fact, one of my friends said, hey, man, we're going to war. That's what's going to happen. We're going to war. And he was right. But I remember sitting there, something inside me. So I can't wait to get to church. Because I knew, I knew that I knew that I knew that our pastor was going to say something that I wasn't going to get anywhere else. I knew being around the people of God was going to do something that I wasn't going to get anywhere else. Because people are going to have their own worldly perspective, but in the house of God, you get God's perspective. And I'm telling you, when I, when I came, I just was hanging on every word Pastor Richard was saying. It's not that he was perfect or is perfect. It's pretty close. I'm just telling you, hearing him spoke life to me. Being in God's presence gave me life, gave me hope to where then I could go offer that encouragement to other people around me. At my school, who didn't know. The church is the most important entity in the entire world. Period. 
You are the most important entity in the world, church. Don't you understand that? You are the most important entity in this entire, no matter what governments do, no matter what, what organizations do, the church is the number one important entity in the entire universe. Who responds first when things happen? The church. Who goes in and, 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 and does things that other people doesn't want to? The church. The church is the most important thing, I believe, in our entire culture. And the church has something to say. Listen, I know things have changed, schedules changed, but we need to be at church as much as possible in person. I know we're all busy, especially those of you kids and with kids and you're running them here and there and you're keeping them so busy that they are like falling over half the time. But I want to tell you, being at church, being in church is the most important thing. This isn't just for church attendance, it's for you. Because again, something happens when we come together. God's power is multiplied when we come together. Why? Because you might be standing or sitting next to someone who's as full as faith for breakthrough as you are. Right? And you're sitting there and you both are pulling, hoping, believing God for something. God's power is then multiplied between just the two of you. The Bible says that one will put a thousand to flight, two puts ten thousand to flight. That's not even mathematical, it doesn't make sense. Does it? One thousand times one thousand is a thousand, by the way. Right? Or is it two thousand? Wait, 1,000 times 1 is 1,000. Sorry. But 1,000 times 2 is 2,000. There we go. Lord, help me. Let's put that on this social media post. That'll make, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> so God is only pleased and moved by our faith. The Bible says that we need to be planted. It's a decision to commit and to get your roots planted into a good church. Psalms 92.13 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. They shall sit and bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Fruit, fresh, flourishing. Fruit, fresh, flourishing. When you're planted, God says, I'm going to make you young, baby. Better than any facial cream you can get, I'm going to make you look good. I want to steal this from uh, Pastor Richard. He was talking to one of the pastors, and, um, and, and the pastor asks him, hey, how old are you? And, and Pastor Richard goes, I'm 62. And he goes, man, I thought we were supposed to leave here encouraged. He goes, I'm 48. I feel like I look older than you, Pastor Richard. Come on. The spirit and the presence of God is making our pastor look young and youthful, and he's living it because he's planted, and he's bearing fruit. He's Fresh and flourishing, and so, so are we when you're planted. I'm just telling you, planted. Don't be like, don't be like a, a butterfly where you flit and float from church to church. Like, oh, no, be planted. Or don't be like a frog where you're sitting in church, you're enjoying it, and then someone touches you, I'm out of here. And you jump out of the way because you get, you get freaked out when, when someone comes to try to build a relationship with you. You need to stay planted in the house of God. I heard this powerful story. I got a couple minutes I need to wrap up. But it's a, a couple that was going through, um, through basically marriage counseling with a, with a pastor. 
And the pastor said, look, we've been doing this for, for quite a while. I think I've done all that I can do for you guys. And, and I got to tell you, the only thing I can tell you is to continue to come to church and be in the presence of God. And this couple, they, were, they didn't understand. They were devastated. They were upset. But they continued to, to walk this thing out. They continued to come to church. They continued to see what God could do. And a few weeks later, the pastor was worshiping, and he felt the Holy Spirit say, hey, I want you to look around. And, and his eyes fell on this couple. And in that moment, this couple, they were worshiping God, and they looked at each other. And they said some things back and forth to each other, and then tears started streaming down their faces. And, and, then, and then they hugged and embraced each other, and they just began to worship God even more. And it was in that moment that that pastor realized their marriage was healed. And in fact, they've been married for 50-plus years, even to this day. And they were healed by coming to church and being in the presence of the Most High God. They couldn't get that anywhere else, but it's from coming and being a part of God's house. All right, my third and last point is people. Is people. <clears throat> so presence, power, and now people. A leading retail chain commissioned a survey by a team of psychologists into their key customer demographic, which was millennials. Those were who born, uh, were born 1981 and 96. Let me hear you, millennials. Oh. And known as Generation Y, it says they interviewed 800 people, and the results were so startling that they did not believe them. They interviewed another 800 and got the same results. The results portrayed an alarming picture of an increasingly lonely generation. Lonely and lost generation, excuse me. More people live alone than at any other point in our recorded social history. On average, millennials spend six and a half hours a day on social media. Many who were interviewed considered work to be something they fitted in between social media and lunch. They found people had a very large number of friends, but an increasingly sense of loneliness. There is nothing wrong with social media, but it is no substitute for real face-to-face -face relationships and friendships. We were created for friendship, not, not only with God, but with one another. If you need any more proof of God creating people to be with one another, to help one another, this is proof. We are literally living in a, in a what, what do you call it, in a, um, where you're t like test out things to see what the end result is, right? Where you, uh, I forget, there's a word I'm looking for, but basically like a, Experiment. Thank you, Pastor Lindsay. An experiment. We're living in a social experiment right now to see. Let's just see what's going to happen with people when we, you know, begin to do social media and see if people really get more connected. And from the results that I see, we're not getting more connected. The pendulum needs to swing to where we need to be more intentional. How, how is it that when we were growing up, like, when people would come over, we'd be like, hey, how's it going? We didn't know you were coming. Come by. Not, not advocating this, but I'm saying. But, but before, we are like, hey, what's up? We, I'm so glad to see you. And we'd be like, okay. And now you get a knock at your door. Whoa, who is this? Get that, 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 that. I was expecting anyone. We get so freaked out sometimes. The Bible, Jesus said, was asked, hey, what are the greatest commandments? 
And he said, love the Lord your God as yourself. And then, oh, by the way, just as important, love your neighbor just as much as you love yourself. Sorry, it says love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. But love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. We're hiding from our neighbors. When God literally puts you there in that neighborhood for a reason, to make a difference. So I want to encourage you guys and challenge us to, to begin to look outside of our homes and say, God, why did you bring us here? Why are we here? What can we do to make a difference in our community, in our city, in our neighborhood? Because you've put us here for a reason. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. As iron sharpens iron, a friend sharpens a friend. And this is a great reminder to bring others to church. Bring friends, bring people who don't know God to church because they need this. But if we're hiding in our house and we're scared to invite others, they're not going to come. You know, most people are just waiting for you to ask. Invite. Some people are going to just straight up say, no, I'm not going to come. Or they might say, I'm going to think about it. Well, I'm just telling you, you don't know unless you ask. So we have to, to be able to, to reach others in that way and be bold about it. Why? Because breakthrough and their breakthrough is found in each other and in the church. One last scripture here, and it's, it's going to tie this all together. 1 Corinthians 14 says, well, brothers and sisters, let me summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell someone a special revelation God has given. One will speak in tongues and one will interpret interpret what is said, but everything that is done must strengthen all of you. This scripture is saying that you will get built up by someone else's song, someone else's revelation of what God is saying, someone else's, someone else's encouragement, someone else's prayer. The Bible says that your breakthrough is found in other people. Just God and I, just being God, look at us, we're rolling hard. When God's saying, I've got your breakthrough in the church, there might be a moment Pastor Lindsay just starts to flow in this song and then something comes alive in you that was dead and dormant. There's a word that's preached from, from one of the pastors here that changes and shifts your perspective and changes your trajectory for the rest of your life because your breakthrough is found in someone else within the house of God. That's what this scripture is saying. There's one last story. There's a, there was a family, Pastor Lizzie and the team, if you guys want to come and, and finish, we're going we're gonna to wrap up with this story. But there's a family with an uh, eight-year-old daughter who had an incurable disease. And the doctors, they had done many tests. They were exhausting all their, all their resources and just trying to figure out what to do. And so they went to the parents and they said, look, we've done everything we can, but there's no hope for your daughter. There's nothing we can do. He goes, the doctor says to the parents, we, just, we tell parents in this situation to maybe go do something fun over the weekend. And if you want to tell, tell your daughter what she has, what, you know, what's happening, you can. Otherwise, some parents don't tell them it's up to you. And so... The parents left and were devastated. They were, they were trying to figure out what to do. And as they were going, they had heard about a church 
because they weren't from that area. They said, I heard about, we heard about this church. And so they, they attended this church. They went into worship, started worshiping God, and the presence of God was moving in that place. And then as they were, uh, they heard the message, and the message was, which was encouraging to them. And then, then all of a sudden, later on, there's a testimony that came out. They, did, they didn't talk to any pastors. They didn't ask anyone to lay hands on them. They were just there in the presence of God. They go back on Monday to the doctors, and the doctor said, okay, what we're going to try to do now is find out exactly what this is so we can try to prolong her life. So they begin to do tests Monday and on Tuesday, and they said, look, we're getting some weird results right now. We don't know what's going on, but we're going to do some more tests tomorrow. Wednesday, they do more tests. And Thursday, they come back. They say, look, I'm sorry. We don't know what happened, but your daughter is healed, completely healed. There's nothing wrong with her. She is completely healed. There's no other explanation except the fact that they were in a church pulling on the presence of God among his people. And God manifested himself in that family to give them life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Why? Because he loves you. Why? So you don't have to go through the mess, the sickness, the disease, the poverty, the chains, the chains that the enemy tries to hold you back with. Church, this is a place for freedom. This is a place for hope. This is a place for perspective change. This is a place where God moves. So if you're here this morning and you're saying, man, I need Jesus. I need God in my life. I want to know him. First step is asking Jesus in your heart. If you need to ask Jesus in your heart, I want you to raise your hand. We're going to pray with you right now in this moment. In God's presence, in this place. I see that hand. Anybody else want to ask Jesus Christ in their Lord, in their heart as their Lord and Savior? That's you. Raise your hand boldly. I see that hand. Anybody else? Come on. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being in this place. And you see these hands and you see these hearts. I want to say, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me for all my sin. And I thank you that everything is becoming brand new. In Jesus' name. And if you're in here, in the presence of God right now, I want you to close your eyes for a minute. I want you to focus on the presence of God. Because there are people in here right now that need a breakthrough. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's health. Maybe it's something with a situation at work. God cares about every detail of your life. Waits for us to invite him in. Cause it's the power of your presence that changes us, your glory all around us. And we're undone, you 
grab your miracle. Come on, grab it. Grab it. Grab the miracle. Holy Spirit is the power. It's the power of your presence. Come on. That changes us. Your glory all around us. And we're undone. You open up the heavens and fall afresh on There's nothing, nothing like the presence of God that is here with us in this moment, within this body, at this church right now. God loves you. He's crazy about you. But don't settle for less. When we come into church, our faith should be set. Our faith should be high. Listen, you can set your, your expectations high in God because he'll never let you down. Amen. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.